Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Tell Katie that it's your fault that I'm not ready. Uh, you know uh, it's true. Say it. What am I supposed to say? That it's your fault. But that it's your fault that I'm still here because you wouldn't get ready for bed and you wouldn't get in bed. Yeah. You're admitting it? Huh? You admit it? Yeah. Can you say sorry? Sorry. I like you and I like cuddling with you. I know, honey. Anyway, Katie, yeah, he's about to fall asleep and then I'll be right there. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And you just heard Tiffany and her son Aurelio in Rome. Katie's in Seattle. Tiffany sent me that little voice memo that you just heard because she was, what, she will reveal how late? 40 minutes late to when we were supposed to tape this podcast. Well, I mean, (laughs) to be fair, I did say I'm going to try for 9 o'clock. I didn't make a promise. Right. Right. But I just thought, you know, we'd kind of, we were doing pretty well on dinner. Um, but then it all collapsed after that. <laughs> right. I really did not want to go to bed. <laughs> and it co- sort of fits with the topic uh... of today's show, which is we want to talk about the fact that you recently got to take a trip and not a trip with your family, but a trip by yourself. First time in a long time. Was it the first time since Aurelio has been born? Pretty much. I mean, I went on a trip without them, but it was a work trip. It was when I went to the States to promote my book and also to go to my father's memorial. So it was a sort of a, it was a personal trip, but it was, I mean, it was probably an 80% working trip and I had fun, but it was a different sort of thing because it was definitely a working thing. Mm-hmm. So, and it was long and that was actually, I actually kind of made it harder in a sense. Cause I, you know, I was really missing him. Whereas, and he was also very young. He was only two, two and a half or something. Right. So this was just a long weekend. It was great. So it was truly my first, I call it girls weekend. And now you're back and you're feeling a little under the weather. You're back in the thick of it. Aurelio is <laughs> out of school for the summer, but we're going to take a moment. Yes. We're going to pause. Because you had some thoughts about how important that trip was. Even the importance of giving yourself the opportunity as a mother to travel away from your responsibilities. I think it was very important. It was a really, it was kind of a wake-up call for me. And I wish that I had done it sooner. You know, and I'm not to say that, you know, I want to get rid of my family and, you know, be on my own or anything like that. But I just think, you know, a minimum of a weekend a year I think, for every mother, and I mean, every father too, sure. But I mean, you know, let's be real. Um, <laughs> the mothers generally have the brunt of the responsibilities for the, you know, for the child rearing. And so, you know, there are various reasons why someone wouldn't take a weekend away from their family, one being financial, one being guilt, like you're like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't spend time away from them. I think that's probably the most common. It could simply be that you don't have enough time off and you want to spend your rare weekends off with your family. And I get that. And I feel that too. Or it might simply be that you don't really have anyone to go away with. You know, I I kind of feel like has been, I think kind of feel all of these reasons have been 
have been the reason why for me at one point or another. But my friend Maeve, if you are one of our patrons on over on Patreon, you can hear a bonus episode in which I talk a lot about my friend Maeve, who I went to see and who was singing opera there, which is the main reason that I went. So if you're not on our Patreon yet, sign up at patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast to hear that episode and tons and tons of others. We put out two bonus episodes a month. But anyway, so she texted me and she said, hey, I'm going to be in Belgium on these and these dates doing the marriage of Figaro. I hope that you will come. And I said, I basically said, if Claudio can come, if there's a weekend that he can come, we will all come. And if he can't, I will be coming alone. I made the decision in the moment. I kind of claimed that for myself. There was something about that trip. As you will have heard me say in a recent mini episode, I love Belgium. It's one of my favorite places in Europe. I've been there before. And, you know, it's e it's re relatively easy to get to. It's not like I have to go to Bali or something. And that, that would be a little bit bigger of a of an, of an ask. You're like, okay, I'm going to go to Bali for the weekend. So, you know, it's close by. I was going to stay with a friend. The expenses were pretty minimal. So I felt like I could, I could rationalize that side of it, the financial side of it. And the rest of it was, you know, first of all, do I have people who can take care of my kid? Because it's not a given. If I didn't have my mother-in-law, I mean, Claudia was working two of the three days I was gone. So if I hadn't had my mother-in-law there to take care of him while Claudio wasn't home, because one of the days was an Italian holiday. So Claudio, I really was out of school. Claudio was working because he doesn't get Italian holidays. You know, I wouldn't have been able to do it. It's kind of pretty much as simple as that. Um, mm -hmm. So I do come from a place of privilege, if you want to call it that. I definitely am lucky that I have that opportunity. But that's not to say that it's impossible to plan a weekend away as a mother, even if you don't have someone like my mother-in-law, because you, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do it that weekend, but if I had chosen a different weekend in which Claudia was off, you know, it's worth it to talk to your partner and be like, I need this to happen. How can we make this happen? Mm -hmm. And I think that if you have a supportive and caring partner, they will support you on that. But I, I do think that it's not, um, like I can't speak for every mother out there and I definitely can't speak for every father, but I kind of feel like there are men out there who are kind of like, oh, you want to go away? Not that they're against it, but like maybe they hadn't even thought of the possibility of you taking away, like that that would be something that you would want, at least here in Italy. I mentioned it to another mom friend of mine and she has an older son who is just about to go into high school and then she has a son Aurelio's age. And she was like, oh, you know, I have a friend who she's like a really close friend of hers, best friend type thing. And she's like, she travels all the time and she's always asking me to take a weekend away with her. And I mentioned it to my husband and he was like, what am I supposed to do? Just sit home with the kids all weekend? Mm. And I was kind of like, yeah, uh, how many women sit home with their kids all weekend all, all the time? You know, um, I don't know. I think there's, you know, lots of different types of men out there, but I think some men will be like, you know, gung ho all for it. Some men might be a little more resistant, maybe because it's just not something their mom ever did. And so therefore it's kind of like, oh, that's an odd request. But yeah, let's think about this. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. And Claudio, at first he was like, oh, you're going to go by yourself. I was like, yes, I'm going, period. It wasn't like, 
what do you think? Shit, can I go? No, I was like, I'm going. This is happening. I'll talk to your mom about it, but this is happening. And he's like, okay. And he was really happy that I went because he saw how happy I was when I got back and how how great it was for me. Yeah. I have several questions. But the first one I want to say is, is Italy, you think, a little bit more traditional in that way? Like, is it still sort of in the, you know, the mother and the father separation Abs- uh, in how they raise the children? I would say definitely. Definitely. And I mean, not to say that there aren't very involved fathers. There are. It's just the gender roles are still more traditional here. Not as much as they were in the 60s. There has been progress. And most women, seems like most women do work. But there is still this very traditional sense of what it means to be a mother and the the giving aspect of being a mother. That the mother, I mean, and I think it's because the generation of Italian man who is a young father or a father of a young child, their mothers probably didn't work. I mean, I would say maybe 50% of them worked, if not less. And they were totally devoted, whether or not they were devoted out of, you know, the goodness of their hearts or because they felt the pressure to be devoted. And they cook all the time and they do all the cleaning and they do everything. And they probably don't ask for any help from their spouses, that generation, the parents' generation. So the sons are a little, I feel, and I'm being totally stereotyping, generalizing, so forgive me. But I feel like the sons are going to, you know, Claudio's generation, you know, they're going to be more, um, a little bit more modernized just because of popular culture, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. But there's, I feel like there's still that expectation that you might not even realize you have until you stop and think about it. And when you stop and think about it, a lot of men are probably like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Why should you wait on me hand and foot, you know, kind of thing. But it's so ingrained and it's just such a part of their culture and how they grew up that if they don't question it or if they don't have their their partner to sort of push them gently towards questioning it, they might just not even consider it, Hmm. you know, I I feel. But again, I'm generalizing. I'm talking about men in their late 30s, early 40s. I'm not talking about the 20-year-old guys. Who knows what, maybe there's a whole new generation of totally feminist guys out there. I hope there are. But, you know, it is it is a struggle. And Claudio sometimes says to me, like, you know, because I don't really cook. <laughs> I cook for Aurelio because I have to. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of have to do it. And I'm, I'm not a big cook for myself. I'll make a salad. I'll make a plate of pasta. I'll make some, an omelet. But, you know, I'm not, like, sitting there, like, looking up recipes and getting excited about it. It's just, mm-hmm. just not me. And I very rarely cook for Claudio. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not actually that apologetic about it because I do so many other things, you know, my, my plate is so full and he's not really that phased by it in general. And so we all kind of take care of ourselves when it comes to eating, but sometimes he will every so often be like, Oh, you know, I don't ask anything of you. I never ask you to cook for me. I was like, Claudio, how often do you cook for me? Like, I mean, just put it into perspective. (laughs) Okay. You don't give me a hard time about not cooking, but you have never once cooked for me in this house. Not that I can think of. Mm -hmm. I can't remember one time. Maybe when we were in our old place, when we were, you know, still dating or first years of marriage, he might have cooked like twice. Right. And I feel bad. He's probably listening to this and he's probably doesn't agree with me. But the fact is he doesn't cook for me. Yeah. And he's cooked for Aurelio maybe like five times 
and in the past year. So, you know, I like to remind him that because I think sometimes he forgets like he's, you know, he, he thinks he's very modern and emancipated, but he still has that idea that, okay, the fact that he doesn't get upset that I don't cook, like I should applaud him for that, you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. whereas him not offering to ever cook for me is something that, you know, should not even be commented on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. I do want to give Claudio props because he does clean the house. Yes. Um, he's the only one who takes, who cleans the terrace. And in Rome, terraces get really dirty with all the smog and everything. So he, he does that all the time. I'll see him often, like around the house, just dusting. Like he'll just have the Swiffer out and he'll be dusting, which is something that, you know, I don't even do very often. So, mm -hmm. and he vacuums every morning and makes the beds every morning. So I don't want people out there listening to think I've got some machismo guy who doesn't lift a finger. He does. Yes. Well, another thought I had was, um, I was thinking of this too, because right now as we're recording, Derek is away. He went to go visit his father. And I remember from our conversations in the past that generally speaking, Claudio always wanted to travel with you. And Derek tends to be the same. Like he thinks we should be going. If, I, if I'm going to go visit my father, we should be going to visit my father together. I have spent the last few years trying to convince him to go visit his parents alone. His parents are divorced and they live in different places. And I've been trying to convince him to go alone. And he, keep, he would say, well, why would I go alone? It would be so much more fun and better. If, like, I guess he doesn't say fun, but he's like, it feels weird for you not to, like, if I'm going to go visit my dad, like, why would you not come with me? And I've been trying to convince him it's a totally different experience to be with your own parent by yourself. You know, true. and and I and I get to luckily because of where I live in Seattle, my parents don't live very far away. I get to be with my parents alone all the time, just me or one on one with one of them. And I'm like, it's been at least the whole time we've been married. You've never gotten to spend a, like a moment with your father without me, if not in the room somewhere nearby. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and it would be so much more interesting, perhaps, if you got to spend time with him by yourself. And same goes for your mom. And so he's finally done it. Like he's finally bought tickets to go visit each of them by himself. And he's off on one of those journeys right now. But I mean, I wonder about that for you in, in wanting to take this trip and saying yourself that you felt like you had to have a reason to justify it. Like it didn't cost that much. It wasn't going to put anybody yeah. out too much. How you felt about saying, yeah, I am going to do this for myself. And also what Claudio thought about being left behind rather than you working out a weekend when he could have come along. He definitely would have loved to have come because he's never been to Belgium. He loves to explore new places too. And we've just sort of started to do, to make an, a real concerted effort to start traveling more like short trips, which is something that we kind of stopped doing when I really was born. So he would have loved to have come. But there was no, there was no way. It, I we looked at the calendar of the of the performances of this opera, and there was literally no, he he just couldn't come. There was no possible chance. He was resigned to that fact. So that's that's the first part of your question. And what was the second part? Well, um, I mean, I guess I I asked it kind of poorly, but I mean, when you found out that you know you looked at the calendar, he wasn't going to be able to come. I mean, you going on this trip alone with Maeve is going to be like a totally different thing than you going yeah. on this trip with Claudio. Is there a part of yourself that where you're like, I want to do this alone? I did want to do it alone. Absolutely. There was a big part of me that wanted to do it alone. I, I mean, I would have loved to have shared it with him. 
And a lot of time I was walking around and I was like, oh, Claudia would have loved this. But I'm so glad that I went alone because I had this realization that, well, first of all, I had a lot of flashbacks to like my traveling years, you know, kind of like my big traveling years were between, let's say, 2006 and 2008 when I was finally making decent money in Rome, but before I met Claudio, <laughs> it was like, it was a two, <laughs> two year period. And thank God I took advantage of that because, and airline t- travel, if you remember in Europe was dirt cheap at that time. And I had friends all over Europe, a lot of which have, a lot of whom have moved away who are no longer there. Um, so I was able to travel for so cheap that I literally traveled between 2006 and 2008, probably once a month for the entire time. It was amazing. And I, of course, I never forgot that feeling of traveling alone, but you know, it, it becomes hazy and it becomes distant. And, you know, as I'm walking through the airport, you know, with my little <laughs> tiny trolley, that's like so light. And so, you know, I'm a very good packer now I've learned how to pack light. So I've got just a little trolley in my purse and I'm walking through the airport and I'm looking at the signs and I'm like, okay, where's the train that I have to catch or where, which is my gate. And I just had this little feeling of like, oh, this kind of reminds me of those those years before I met Claudio, when I just was doing this all the time. And it, it, and I think traveling alone does, it's a really empowering feeling because you're like, I'm on my own. I am doing this. I am figuring it out. And I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. I mean, some places are easier than others to travel in, but I was definitely a little bit worried about a train that I had to take to get from the airport to Ghent and I had to change trains and I only had eight minutes between trains and I was a little worried about that and I'm like okay I can do this I can do this I can figure out what the train you know which platform it is and reminded me of when my oldest two sisters came to visit me in Rome and it was their first time in Europe both of them and they came in separately because they live in different places and they were both probably in their late 50s at the time and neither of them had really ever traveled solo, with the exception of like maybe fly- flying across the U.S. to visit their in-laws or their parents or I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit, but probably not like a big trip that they were at least the voyage part of the trip was alone. And I had told my older sister to meet me at the train station in Trastevere and, you know, that she could get the train from the airport. And after I picked her up, she said, you know, it's so funny because I got off the airplane and I'm in Rome, right? So she doesn't speak a word of Italian. She's not well-traveled, never been to Europe. And she's like, I got off the airplane and I was like, I have no idea how to do this, but I'm going to have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to figure it out. And I think that that feeling of like, there's nobody else that's going to help me out here. I've got to do this. And then you do it and it works out it gives you a real sense of accomplishment and of like being capable. Yeah, for sure. And so all those feelings came flooding back. And then just the feelings of curiosity of being in a new place. Um, I mean, it was a place I'd been, but you know, just for a day or two, 10 years before. So wandering through the city, just seeing new people, uh, seeing new, just a new way of life, a different perspective, a different, it was all just so great. Then spending time with a good friend and, and, and a, really good amount of time, like two and a half days where we were together almost all day. We could talk and it's not the same when you see a friend for a couple of hours. Um, you know, you don't get to go quite as deep. So we had so many conversations. We it was it went way beyond catching up. We got into so many great talks and great discussions. And what really struck me was like this sense of freedom. Mm-hmm. The freedom of not having to be like, what time is it? 
Like that was the thing. I, I didn't have to check my watch except for the night that I was going to the opera, of course. <laughs> right. um, when my shoe broke, by the way, on the way to the opera, <laughs> as I was walking down the cobblestones and I stopped and I was like, do I go back? But I don't have any other shoes. Like they were my only <laughs> dress shoes. I hadn't brought, brought any more dress shoes. So I just, wa- I took the sole off and I just walked on the, anyway, it worked <laughs> out. It worked out. And then when we got to the theater after the show, they, they, they took it into the prop department and they glued it back together for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, the point is that I didn't, wasn't constantly checking my watch. When you were a young child, you're always looking at your watch because it's like either breakfast time or it's lunchtime or it's dinner time or it's time to get to school or it's time to get to bed or it's time, you know, it's piano lesson or it's karate lesson. I've got to get here. How many minutes do I have before, you know, how much time do we have to do homework before we have to go to karate and how much time do we have to eat lunch and how much, you know, I'm always looking at the clock, constantly looking at the clock because of course I work on top of that. And, and, and just being sitting in a cafe and it's not like I don't go out with friends and it's not like I don't have a social life, mm-hmm. but even then, I'm always looking at the clock. I'm always like, okay, you know, I've been out for an hour and a half, but I need to get home because I have to help Aurelia do his homework or whatever it is. I think that was the biggest realization was that I think every mother needs to have at least one weekend a year in which nobody needs her and nobody is calling her. And I said to Claudia, I was like, don't call me. Like, call, you can send me a few texts once in a while, but like, I don't want to be Im- bombarded with text messages. Like, I'll call you guys like once a day, we'll do a FaceTime once a day. And you can text me and I'll send you pictures and stuff at my leisure. But like, I don't want to feel like anybody needs me right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I think that was the big thing. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, once a year with that big of a nice realization, it feels like it once a year seems almost not enough. I know. And I said, I said, that's the bit of it. I said, Claudio, I'm telling you right now. And I even said this before I left because I knew, I mean, I had an idea of, you know, how I was going to feel. And as I'm planning the trip and I bought the tickets, I'm getting excited. I said, you know, I think I'm going to probably be doing this like minimum once a year. He's like, once a year. I was like, yes, (laughs) once a year. And he's like, minimum. Uh, (laughs) Yes, minimum. (laughs) So, um, I think, you know, and Aurelio's older now. Like, you know, when, when you get it, he, he, I don't think he missed me at all. Like he was really down the day, the day before and the day I left. Like he was really like, you're leaving and I'm going to miss you and who's going to cuddle me. And, but I think that kid had a blast, you know, he got to spend more time with his dad than he usually does. He spent one of the two nights he spent at his nonas, which is like for him, he loves to spend the night at nonas. He had a great time. He didn't, he really, one of the time, the second day when I called him, he like was busy playing and he wasn't, he didn't want to come to the phone. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the point is, I think if you have a newborn baby, you might not be able to do this the first year or maybe you will, you know, who knows? But uh, I couldn't have done this probably that, that first year. But if you have a, you know, school-aged kid and you have support, I think it, it is something every mom should do really Remind yourself also, like, what are the things that I like? Like, what are the little things that bring me joy? What what do I get, take delight in? Uh, instead of constantly thinking about like, oh, my son would love that, you know, such and such thing or, mm-hmm. you know, or I want to make this meal for my husband. It's, you know, it's not my case because I'm never thinking that. But <laughs> <Yeah, my laughs> other people might think yeah. that. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, look at this beautiful 
this beautiful cafe. I'm going to come, I'm going to sit in here and write in my journal or look at that gorgeous skirt. I'm going to buy that for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe the way to do it is to say, look, Claudio, I think this would be good for you as well. You go, I did say that. Yeah, I did say that. And he's like, you want to get rid of me. <laughs> That's what Derek, I was like, well, kind of. I, I feel like Derek yeah. would say that too. And I'm like, no, but also, you know, I mean, that's a conversation for a whole nother day. Like, I never want to get rid of him, but there is something about having the house also without, he's gone all week. And I'm sure at certain points I'll feel a little rattly, but also I'm like, ooh, what am I going to do with my myself in a house alone <laughs> you know <laughs> ooh how tantalizing and of course like i'll probably just do the same old stuff like you know i'll work during the day i'll make myself something to eat maybe meet a friend in the afternoon i'll probably do nothing different but there is also that feeling of like oh this is different i won't have to worry about getting home to like yeah. do dinner together you know yeah different yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i I totally get that. And I think my, I don't know if that's a guy thing, a command thing, because I know my, my stepfather feels the same way when my mother travels. Cause she often goes to visit my sister and her kids just by herself. I mean, he totally gets it and he goes and visits his daughters, but he really misses her. Like he really misses her. And he had decided that he wasn't going to travel to Europe anymore because he's getting up there and he tends to get sick when he makes long trips. And so my mom was going to come in August by herself. And, you know, we're planning the trip. And finally, he was just like, I have to come too. Like, I can't (laughs) be away from you for that long. And, you know, I I know, I think, I think that's a man thing. I think women are a little bit more like, God, give me some peace and quiet. (laughs) And the men are like, what am I going to do by myself? (laughs) Surely it must be a case-by-case basis. I don't know. I guess so. I guess so. I do have to say that there is a moment in my day. I try to claim for myself every single day, uh, which isn't much. But, you know, like I said, when you are a working mother, it's not a guarantee to get this kind of time. But, like, for me, it's breakfast. Mm. And everybody in the house knows you do not bother mama while she's having her breakfast. And I won't have breakfast with Aurelio. I just won't do it. I mean, unless it's a special occasion, like maybe yeah. it's Mother's Day and like we're having pancakes. That's a different thing. On an average day, I do not have breakfast when Aurelio is having breakfast. And even if Claudio's home, because sometimes he works in the afternoon, evening, so he's home at breakfast. I, If he's in the kitchen, I'm going to wait. I do not <laughs> want anybody around while I'm having breakfast. And I make my tea in my very special way. And I have, you know, a really simple breakfast, not elaborate, but it's just my moment of peace. And you do not, I mean, if it's an emergency, yes, you can come talk to me, but otherwise (laughs) don't talk to me. Like, don't call me. Don't come and ask me to come look at the thing you're making with your Legos. I'm sure it's great, but I don't want to see it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that because I'm the same way I used to be. I can even remember like it going way back. I can remember being in high school eating cereal and my mother telling me like here's what's gonna happen today and me being like can we please stop (laughs) and not talk about this until I'm done with this bowl of cereal yeah so maybe it's a thing like maybe it's maybe everybody needs that sort of buffer zone in the morning well it's nice to have time to wake your brain up a little bit and like just get to read something or you know just to yeah wake up yeah, I used to work you know, in an office and I used to have my lunch at my desk, which let's not even go into that. That's so unhealthy, yeah. probably. But I used to have lunch at my desk every day. And 
my bosses, not every day, but occasionally one of them would come in and like start talking to me about stuff he wanted me to do. And I mean, the resentment I felt, I didn't express it, but I was just like, I am having my lunch and you are talking to me about what you want me to do? Are you kidding? <laughs> anyway, luckily, That's luckily I don't funny. have to deal with that anymore. All right. Well, I'm going to challenge you to try to slide another one of these trips Ooh. into, can we say the next year Let's before 2023 is out? Maybe that's too much to ask, but within the calendar year. So I will say that my my friend who I went to visit in Belgium is in the process of figuring out how to move to Europe permanently. Mm. And she's actually so in love with Belgium. She fell so in love with Belgium that she's planning to move to Belgium. Oh. And uh, so uh, I have every reason to believe that she will make that happen probably in the next six months she's aiming for the next six months and so I kind of said to her I was like do you want to do this every year but like go someplace new every year and she's like yeah girl <laughs> that's how she talks um so she's like twice a year come on yeah I was gonna <laughs> once say a year minimum I was gonna say if so, she's just over in, in Belgium you can just pop over uh once every few months <laughs> yeah yeah or especially if you book in advance and you get cheap tickets but so we're thinking our next our uh, our tentative plan for spring is Edinburgh Ooh, nice very yeah, nice so very likely it'll happen well fingers crossed all right well we'll leave yeah. it there uh, if you're in the mood to go to Rome this October, we might have some spaces left on our big Roman adventure. We're taking a trip Yay. very early October. I was out to coffee with a friend the other day, and they were asking me about the trip that I was taking to Rome. And I got to tell you, I went spiraling down the rabbit hole a little bit of being like, and then we're going to go here, and then we might go over here. They had never heard of Caravaggio, and then I went like way too far into that. And then... <laughs> And as I'm walking away, because this is a fairly new friend, yeah, you know, so it's like one of those things where you're like, I don't know. I, as I'm walking away, I was like, that was probably too much about the, <laughs> about the trip that we're taking to Rome <laughs> um, with some of our listeners. And uh, luckily, he sent a text message later and he said, it was fun to see how much your eyes lit up when you were talking about Rome. So Aww. I'm like, he could have been just being nice, but it's true. I guess I get a little bit of a fire going. Uh, specifically when I talk about what we're going to do on this trip. Anyway, so there might be spaces left. If you want details, if you feel like maybe you want to go to Rome this October, just send us an email to bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com, uh, bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com, and we will send you all the details. And if we're sold out, hey, we'll put you on the list in case we do it next year. And yeah. in, until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Do you have a topic you want us to explore? Send your requests. We'd love to hear what you want to know. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and contact us with your questions, your adventures, your observations, your favorite episodes. We love hearing from you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. Podcast.